Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. An Erio's original. With anti-Asian hate crimes at record numbers, this season of The Margaret Cho, we're examining the historical crimes that laid the groundwork for this recent onslaught of violence. I talk with Asian comedians, authors, journalists, podcasters, as well as the organizations and people working to stop Asian hate. Welcome to the Margaret Cho Mortal Minority. Today we're talking about a modern crime that really upset me, the attack of the Brooklyn chef and her cat. (sighs) So crazy. Okay, also we're talking about John Allen Chow, the 26-year-old missionary who was killed when he tried to convert the remote North Sentinelese tribe in 2018. My guest today is comedian and host of the podcast, Let's Go Atsuko, Atsuko Okatsuka. Hi, how are you feeling with everything happening right now? I'm dealing, I'm keeping alert, high alert. You know, I'm close with my grandma and my mom. I know. (laughs) Oh, they're so beautiful. My grandma also too, it's like she just got vaccinated, so she's out and about oh, for the first time yeah she's taking walks yeah. alone going grocery shopping alone so i'm just a little worried for her you know yeah it's scary i mean it's like you just don't know and it, it seems like it's an escalating issue like every day there's something else mm-hmm. there's like a new painful horrible incident and it it's like there's so much now in the news and social media about stopping API hate, but how much of that has really like gotten into society? Yeah, I think it's hard too because it's like individuals doing it. It's not like there's a system we can take down, you know, (laughs) or fix, right? Besides, you know, being like, hey, don't call it the Kung flu virus and stuff, but it's individual acts. So it's, it's, it is hard to try to pinpoint how to stop it you know yeah it goes beyond sort of like the casual racism of donald trump and the invisibility of asian americans in the media it's it's beyond that like there's way more 
so it's it's disheartening and also scary and also scary for older people for sure especially scary for older people yeah how are your parents they're like not scared they're like oh you know they don't say anything they go oh you know (laughs) (laughs) they don't really that's about it that's all i get out of it because they're just very like i don't know i think there's always been so much of it Mm -hmm. that they've experienced and they've experienced a lot of different kinds of racism especially coming to america in the 1960s so the cumulative effect of it is a kind of exhaustion yeah you know like oh well you know this is another part of this journey here right Um, this place that isn't really our home even though we've been here for 60 years yeah and sometimes right and sometimes it's like maybe if we don't talk about it or think about it too much it won't happen and I haven't talked to my grandma about it really because I don't want to mm-hmm. scare her. I have just I just go, oh, be careful when you're at H Mart. <laughs> just be careful because I don't yeah. live with her, so I don't get to, mm-hmm. you know, be there for her. And it's not like I have fighting yeah. skills either. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like do they have like added security at H Mart? Do they like have like the Ranch Ninety Nine is locked down? Like it's like very like. <laughs> yeah armored trucks in front of ranch 99 market like or like h Mart, right you know no it's still the same just like the only protection there is against covid so it's just hand sanitizers and they check your temperature but um not against violence no i like the uh i like the weird heat sensitive like thing that you'd go walk through if you're going to like um mana market or like the gallery koreatown galleria you go through like, and it just shows you like all the heat heated parts of your body. <laughs> if you go through. Yeah, totally. I'm like, can you also check uh, my insides? Like, how was my liver? You know? Yeah, Since we're I'm here. always. I was like, linger by that. I'm like, ooh, I want to see. Like, where's my heat coming from? Like, it's very. I don't know. Like, it's. <sighs> did you get vaccinated yet? I did. I did. You? Yes, I'm fully vaccinated. Although, so I have um, Moderna. So now I have. Is it two weeks after you get the second shot that you have to, then you're fully vaccinated? Or I don't know. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they say that. Something Mm -hmm. like that. Yeah. So, did you, which one did you get? I got the Dolly Parton one too, Moderna. The Moderna, yeah. Mm -hmm. Cool. So, we're a little bit country. (laughs) Where did you go to get yours? I oh, just, you know, good old CVS where I have a... Oh, cute. Yeah, I love my point system there, so... I did a little shopping after. Yeah. How about you? Mm-hmm. I went to Dodger Stadium and it was like going to a concert. The last time I went to Dodger Stadium was to see Paul McCartney. <laughs> <So> <laughs> it was uh, it was just as exciting. No, it was probably more exciting because I was really, I couldn't wait to get vaccinated. Like I was so happy to finally mm-hmm. be eligible. And so I, I just got right on it i want to get all of the vaccines like i'm like such i'm so down yeah i'm so down with syringes i like love a shot so (laughs) (laughs) oh that's so hot yeah yeah i love a syringe syringe. i love it i love a little like a needle shot but it just makes you feel secure and safe i'm still gonna mask and i'm still gonna socially distance and I'm you know do all of that but I feel like a sense of mm-hmm. really yeah same I'm still petrified terrified of uh c- the common cold so I'm afraid of the cold too yeah I remember 
at the very beginning of the pandemic too, I was afraid wearing masks because it was new. And I knew I had an Asian face. <laughs> so I didn't want to look sick to people. Does that make sense? Of course. Yeah. And, um, you know, especially with the way that there's so much violence against Asians that it's like the time is it, it, that we're in. It's like hazardous. Everything like having to do with like identity is hazardous. And so I want to get into the modern crime. This is what really upset me. Yeah. All of it is upsetting. But this particular crime really upset me. Mm -hmm. So this uh, just happened on, it was April 4th. And a um, woman named Chanan Aksornan, also known as Chef Bao Bao. She's on Instagram as Chef Bao Bao. Uh, she was walking her cats, Ponzu and Kimchi, and her dog, Tofu, yeah. and her uh, parakeet, mango <laughs> I know. in a brooklyn park when a boy ran towards her and grabbed ponzu's leash the cat's leash with such force that it flew into the air before hitting the ground and the boy dragged the cat then a family of eight people that belong to the boy the boy's family mm -hmm. um, pounced on chef bow bow and beat her up killed the cat punched the parakeet that's why. Which is like, I think it's a parrot, actually, not a parakeet. It's a parrot. But okay. punch the parrot. Why are you going to punch a parrot? It's so wild. They pulled the dog's tail. The cat's dead. Yeah. Her uh, partner was also beaten. He His nose is broken. And they, they really, they kicked her to the ground. And you see the video of it. It really went viral. Mm -hmm. And that's a hate crime. I'm sorry. I... Yeah. I just... I don't know why people question like hate crimes. They're like, we're not sure if it's hate crime. Um, yeah. it's a hate crime. It's a hate crime. And the cat got killed. That's what I'm saying. Like, how? What kind of people? You know, what do we do when we're having a stressful day? We watch cat videos. We watch animal videos. How can you see I... a couple having such a quirky family? A freaking parrot, a cat, a dog. You know what I mean? And not think these are lovely people. <laughs> no, it's it's so wild. It's got to have you got to have so much hate in your heart to be like, I'm also going to punch the parrot, the parrot. Yeah. <laughs> like, why are you going to punch the parrot? And so they've arrested a woman named Evelyn Serrano, who was charged with the assault. I mean, also her family, like there's like eight mm -hmm. family members involved. Yeah, it's it's assault. And this is Brooklyn. This is not like, I mean, this is like a park in Brooklyn. You know, they're mm -hmm. just like walking. And the cat was Instagram famous. So the, the cat has quite a few followers on. Um, oh, I know. Ponzu. And they had a, they actually had a dodo, you know, the, that channel, the dodo. I followed on YouTube. And, oh, and yes. It was like, they're like a whole like in social media presence, the dodo. Oh, got it. It started as this like, um justice for ponzu campaign and, and people are uh definitely talking about it a lot it's trending hashtag justice for ponzu is trending on instagram where ponzu had over thirty-eight thousand followers these were influencers margaret the the thai consulate has been in touch to offer assistance <sighs> so um chenan's Aksornan Chef Babo owns an Asian restaurant called Bauberg in Brooklyn, mm -hmm. which I would love to go to. 
but uh, I, I think it's just really terrible. And, you know, yeah. it's, it's, it's not a person who's died, but this it, is still like, it, it's triggering for me because one time I was attacked by a family. And I, when I read about this incident, it reminded me, and this happened about 10 years ago. Oh God. And I had totally forgotten uh-huh. that I was attacked by a family when I was in Cannes in France. Oh. I was there for a television festival and I was walking and it was really hot. So I was wearing short shorts and I had my, you know, my legs are very tattooed. And mm-hmm. there was a, a middle-aged woman and a man and their daughter and son, the daughter was probably 12, the son seemed about 15. Yeah, They were all wearing track suits in primary colors. So one was red, green, yellow, and blue. And they started to chase me through the streets of Cannes in the middle of the day. What? Like a family mafia? Crowds of people. They were like this very strange family. They were maybe French. I don't know. They were just chasing me. The um, daughter spit on me and bit me. And I actually had to grab her and throw her off of me. I didn't hit her, but I threw her off of me, which uh, caused the son to grab my vagina between my legs and the what? The mom was like digging in my asshole. No, uh, no, no, like, no. Full on assault. What the fuck? Uh, and in the middle of the day, in and so I ran actually into a um, clothing store. It's a high end clothing store. And I was just like really like bewildered by this attack. And um, the uh, proprietoress of the store, this woman, uh-huh. started like going up, looking at the door and screaming at this family. Good. To like leave me alone. And while she was doing that, I ran out the back door. Like I went into the back room of the store behind the uh, scenes Mm -hmm. and I went out the back door and I ran. And as I was running, I could see this flash of red, green, yellow and blue following me, tracking me on the other side of the street. So they were running alongside me and trying to like split up and find me. So then I ran into uh, so they I ran into a perfume store and they didn't see me. So I sat there in the perfume store and I was just like, oh, my God, just totally out of my mind and not really sure what to do and breathing heavy. It's all happening so fast. Yeah, it was so crazy. And I I totally was so out of my mind and I didn't really know. I should have called the police, but because I was in France Sure. I, I, you know, I don't speak French, and but everybody there speaks English. I, I just didn't really know what to say or what to do. And right, right. So I stayed in the perfume store for actually about two hours, and uh, the guy there was really nice. He was this really nice gay man who offered me water, and um, we just sat there smelling perfumes. Good refuge. That's for a couple of hours. Oh my god. And I, I, I really like didn't know. I uh, went back to my hotel, and I, I really just didn't want to go outside again. And I totally buried that memory until I uh, read about this cat dying in the park. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, this family attacked this woman. And I was just like, so yeah, triggered. I'm so sorry you went through that. And uh, what a whole family <laughs> acting wild like that. They're on the same. It's like they have conversations about it or something like, okay, today we're going to go attack 
somebody, you know, and I, yeah. I'm going to have your back. Can we wear matching tracksuits yeah. so we can see each other and we can split up and know where <laughs> each other are? That is. <laughs> it's so bizarre. Yeah. It's kind of like Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, but like terrible. Yeah. They're the villains, like a family <laughs> of villains. And, and then like 2011, <laughs> like so scary. <laughs> I thought the first, you know, like. Maybe it's like, oh, Margaret Cho, Margaret Cho, we want your autograph or something, you know? No, no, no. It was like kind of a hate crime, kind of a weird sexual rage incident. It's kind of an anti-female thing, kind of an anti-tattoo thing. It was a very strange yeah. Experience. At least when you were like prejudiced against for your tattoos in a Korean spa, you got a free Korean spa day out of it, you know? Yeah, I did get a whole bed spa day out of it. Yeah, <laughs> right? That's true. I didn't get anything out of this. Oh, I did get uh, some perfume samples, samples, and I did get a lifelong appreciation now uh, mm-hmm. for high end perfumes. <laughs> you became a connoisseur just from two hours. I became a nose. <laughs> yes so weird okay so we're gonna take a break and after the break we're gonna talk about another very strange incident not uh not in the same vein mm-hmm. um but this episode is full of very strange uh incidents um we're gonna talk about john allen chow we'll be right back Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. We're back. So John Allen Chow was a guy who was determined to be a missionary mm-hmm. and he wanted to convert people all over the world. Did you hear about this case? John I Allen did. Chow? I totally saw the picture of him. Like he was a blogger, right? So he was always hiking or something. I, I remember this story. He was a blogger. He was on Instagram. He was a beef jerky marketer. I'd never heard of that job before him. Yeah. Well, I mean, it makes sense because if you're an adventurer, you're going to want foods that you can take with you that are um, going to keep your energy up. They're not going to uh, bog you down. They're not going to have too much sugar in them to make you tired. That's true. You know, you get sick of a protein bar. Right. But talk about a multi-hyphenate a multi-hyphenate blogger, athlete, beef jerky marketer, and missionary? (laughs) Yeah. So um, in November of 2018, he went to an island in the Indian Ocean that was called the North Sentinel Island. It's one of those places that is so isolated, although it's very close to Mm -hmm. society. I mean, there's a major city um Fort Blair which is 50 kilometers away Lucia Lucia she's so unreasonable she's very upset about what happened to you in 2011 she's really she's just coming to terms with it now she's like hey come here baby Lucia 
So this is such a weird story of, of John Allen Chow. And, and like, I, I, I did some research on it. I did a lot of like YouTubes on it. There's a lot of weird, like animated stories on, on YouTube about it. Wow. So North Sentinel Island is a, an island that is um, in the Andaman Islands. And it has a small population of people who are, I guess the uh, right way to talk about them is they're uncontacted. Sure, sure, right. They're people who just um, are there. Yeah, yeah. Who have no real relationship with society at large. There's no- No Wi-Fi. Cell signal. Mm -hmm. No Wi-Fi. Mm -hmm. It's all dial up. Yeah. It's all- <laughs> I'm like, if you, it's kind of like Palmdale. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Yeah, it's not far from it. Like, it's kind of like India. <laughs> they they can't really figure out how long the people have been there, but they imagine it's a while because the turtles are afraid of them. Mm. And it takes turtles many generations to become afraid of oh. people. <laughs> Whoa, interesting. In a, in a region. So turtles are not afraid for a long, long time. Like it takes turtles like several generations to become afraid of the people there. <laughs> The turtles are definitely afraid of the people on North Sentinel Island, the Sentinel East. Wow. And um, so the estimates are 60,000 years that uh, turtles? that this group of people have, have been on the island oh, to it. the point that uh, the turtles seem to be have figured out, oh, they don't like turtles. <laughs> I think because they probably eat turtles or, or whatever. I mean, you know. It's kind of messed up that turtles are just slow in general. You know, they're just slow. Well, they live a long time, so maybe it's not slow to them. Oh, sure. Like turtles live a couple centuries. Right. So for them, slow, it's kind of relative. Like it's like, well, it's like slow for you, but that's very true. You know, for us, it's really it's not that slow because their time is like a longer time. I didn't think about that. That's yeah. <laughs> So John Allen Chow, um, he had, uh, so his father's Chinese and his mother's white. So he's biracial and he is like going through this thing that a lot of my Asian friends, a lot of my Korean friends go through, like they really long to belong. Mm -hmm. So I come from a lot of people who are very into church. They're very into like, um, defining as like a youth minister which to me was like so creepy like i had relatives and stuff who would be so impressed because they would see like the news story in the korea times about an 11 year old korean minister uh. who was like going into hospital rooms and praying right over people with you know incurable diseases and i'm like that's just weird for sure. It's a interesting it's youth pastor, you said. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing about youth pastors is like you, you dedicate your whole life to trying to make God cool to teenagers. <laughs> yeah. And that's yeah. very specific, you know, specific personality. It's a very specific personality, but it's a longing to belong. And I think mm -hmm. that if you're biracial, as far as I can see, it's like you're not one or the other. You're both. Right, I get it. So it must feel hard to belong. Like in that Asian experience, the biracial people that I know always sort of like thing of like, where do I fit here? For sure. Like what side of me is more in control? Mm -hmm. 
And so it's something that I'm like, oh gosh, I understand that need to belong mm -hmm. and to be seen. Yeah. And so I get it, but it's also like, to me, like religion is just so, I don't know, it's just so boring. I, I know, <laughs> I agree. That's why I was like, this is a hard story because my heart does go out for John and I totally get it too. You know, my Taiwanese side of the family, they're very Christian. Mm -hmm. You know, the church always welcomes immigrants, right? So that's how they yeah. get immigrants. They first got here. They needed a community. And the church said, how about God? And there's free lunch here, too, you know? And yeah. Yeah. You want to fit in. And so I totally get it. My grandfather um, was the minister of Kam Nikyohe in um, San Francisco, which is in Chinatown. And it was the biggest Korean church um in San Francisco. And it really was uh, a kind of welcoming house for anybody who was emigrating to the United States. You would like have your um, friends meet there. You would meet your spouse there. Mm -hmm. It was less about the religious aspect and more about the aspect of having a community right. and a sense of, of like a group identity and feeling so othered in America, right. especially in the 60s and 70s, they needed a place like that. Yeah. So I can see like the emotional resonance people would have towards churches and towards ministry because mm -hmm. at least it's like being together. But I just don't want to go to church. I don't want to be like me neither, Margaret. Me neither, Margaret. Sundays I like to sleep in. Okay. You know, I like to sleep in and it's so boring. Like I think it's so boring except i did like um there was one church that i liked uh was a really hollywood church it was agape yeah in I the know, early 2000s agape. i would go it's like a hip, yeah it's a hip it was church fun. it's a hip church they they sing like they had like a good choir mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> and they didn't seem like they were anti-gay like a lot of those like hip sort of churches right they're they're all pretty like anti-gay, but like that one didn't seem that anti-gay. It seemed kind of cool. Like there was like, I think gay church is cool. I think like a gospel choir is cool, but a sermon, I'm just kind of bored. Yeah, and I totally get it. You're like, <laughs> that's the same reason why I stopped going too. You know, I was like, mm -hmm. I can't lie to myself about who I am. I want to be at drag brunch again it's sunday right and <laughs> so yeah but agape was about like it's kind of your own process and your own relationship with god if i remember so it's not about like word yeah. for word do what the bible says it's more like your own it's more about being spiritual yeah and yeah. back to like you know being immigrants and wanting to feel like you fit in once you get out of like let's say you're going to a korean church and you're korean once you get out of that, when you meet white Christians, you feel like, oh, we have language here. We can really connect too. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there, there's just something, I mean, I don't know, like I get like the community of church and like the friendship aspect. And also in Korean churches, you would want to like show off your wealth. So the, <laughs> at that one point in the 80s, like the parking lot was chock full of Mercedes. <laughs> Like it was just like Mercedes parked so close together, like packed in, sure. you know, and you would like wear your fur. And then I had like a, a short and sassy hair, Dorothy Hamill haircut. Ooh, <laughs> and okay. So like 
I would wear that in like a gunny sacks dress. Yes. It was so 80s. It's about being seen. <laughs> it's about being seen and seeing each other. And then uh, we would go get dim sum, which is so delicious after. That's how they bribed me to go to church is that we would get to go have dim sum after. <laughs> I first, I mean. In Chinatown. Yeah. And then there's a cool aspect too. I mean, this is Korean churches for me. I was introduced to cigarettes via Korean Christians. Okay, so. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It was like mm-hmm. Korean Christian teens that were like, we smoke cigarettes. Yeah, we go to church too. Yeah, we're like the bad, we're like the bad bitches of the, the church. That um, I uh, would hang out with the Chinese church girls at um, Cameron House, which was another sort of like, mm. San Francisco church led youth organization. And yeah, we were just allowed to be shady and still be kids, even though it was like, quote unquote, Christian. Right, right. So John Allen Chow, he had gone to Oral Roberts University, where his father had gone. Mm. To me, I'm like, Oral Roberts, is that the pool boy one? No, that's Jerry Falwell. (laughs) Yes, the Falwell Church. Yes, which Falwell is getting sued by the church right now and the school, I think. Oh, yeah, because of the pool boy or pool boy and just being wild on Instagram. He just gives no fucks anymore. And it's just posting like, oh, just like posting pictures with his like pants unbuttoned on Instagram and like, oh, yeah, yeah. Just being like, (laughs) F you, F you, everyone. So the church is like suing him because it makes them look bad. (laughs) The school. (laughs) That's so, that's so amazing. I mean, yeah, I don't know. The Christians are so weird, but it's just be open about your freakiness, which at least he's being open about his freakiness now, instead of like, Mm -hmm. you know, the sort of covert pool boy activities. For sure. um, Oral Roberts to me is like, is that a toothpaste? (laughs) Like Oral Roberts is like, really like, what is that? Like Oral B? It's very like, right. Is it a Christian school, though? It's a Christian. It's an evangelical school. Got it. Okay. But It's like a legit, I guess it's like a legit college. Sure, but I'm sure someone's mentioned the name before. I'm sure someone at this. Like oral. (laughs) I'm sure the school's like, this is not good for a branding. Yeah, like oral B. Like, it's like, is this a dentistry (laughs) academy? Like, it's a very weird thing. So John Chow went there and he, uh, his heroes included david livingstone which is like i don't know where i heard this but it's dr livingstone i presume (laughs) is always when you see like somebody with a pith helmet (laughs) what is that like it's like is that cargo shorts and like a beige what is that uniform it's kind of like the professor on gilligan's island maybe or what is it it's funny well isn't it or a mailman i guess yeah, but it's, uh, I guess it's the guy that went to explore everything. Anyway, he was a missionary. And missionary, in my mind, is synonymous with the colonist. Mm-hmm. It's like you go into these places with the mind to convert people, but then you just take their land. Right. Mm-hmm. And kill everyone. Yes. You know, whether it's intentional or non-intentional with your um, diseases that you're bringing in. Exactly. Uh, and, and but it is ultimately intentional because it's like, you know, you're going to rob them of their culture and their land. Yeah. It's a good way to start, I guess. You go, you need this. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
And like, why do they need this? You know, they all have their own religions. For sure. They have their own points of view. And I'm not trying to demonize John Allen Chow. I'm just well, it's thinking that... It's back to the whole wanting yeah. to fit in with like white evangelical America too, you know, for, mm-hmm. for him. Wanting to kind of have that sort of like, I don't know yet, yeah, it's a need to express solidarity um, and identity. Yeah. That is, I'm going to help you. I'm here to help you. And I'm sure that it's like a noble thing. Like he's really trying, like he's like really like, he really believes that this is good. This is actually going to be good. He really believes that these people need to know about Jesus. Right. That they need to know about God. And he doesn't care what it takes that he's going to go there. No matter what happens, he's going. Yeah. So in November of 2018, John Allen Chow asks some fishermen to uh, take him close to the island and he bribes them a, a significant amount of money to uh to do it it's illegal oh. but they end up doing it because he um he's giving them like i think twenty five thousand rupees which i don't know how what the conversion in that uh-huh. so they do it but they won't go that close <laughs> to the island they they're like about a thousand something feet off so john allen chow's like kind of trying to speak to the to the people on the island, the, the, the North Central East, Central East tribe are looking at him and they're kind of laughing because John is trying to like speak to them in the most similar language. Got it. Yeah. Which is kind of spoken in other areas of the Andaman Islands. He's trying to like speak to them and they are, they're like kind of laughing because they, they think, oh, he's just saying like bad words. I mean, he, they uh-huh. don't know what he's trying to say oh, to God. them. Yeah. He doesn't really know what he's saying. So they're just like laughing. He he can't get close. He's afraid. He's scared. So he he gets closer, and then a young boy shoots at John with an arrow mm-hmm. and hits him. On, and he's holding a waterproof Bible on his chest, and the arrow goes right into the Bible. So that's got to feel like yeah, that's a metaphor. It's a metaphor. Like don't come here with that. Or John, I guess may have took taken it like gotta save me. <laughs> that's so true i didn't think about that i would have taken it as a sign like this bible that i'm trying to bring to them is exactly what they do not want here yeah and then i was like what kind of water why would you have a waterproof bible i mean yeah they make those that's my second thing that perked my ears i said a waterproof bible the pages are what plastic yeah i guess like the whole thing's plastic so that you can go swimming with it i mean what do you why one of the uh heaviest things when the the arctic exploration of uh the terrible terrible shackleton thing where all of those uh young explorers died in the 1800s trying to find a way across the arctic (laughs) (laughs) they they carried bibles with them Mm. and they took bibles instead of food and instead of supplies that they could have really used but they had Bibles that weighted them down. Oh, God. More than anything else. So people really need their waterproof Bibles <laughs> or Bibles in Arctic or whatever. Maybe, I'm not sure. It's like, why would you need a, a Bible? I don't, I don't know. Like, if, you're, if your relationship with God is just like in, in 
IRL Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and you can have a relationship with God why do you need the book there like why do you need the manual yeah that just sounds like a lot of translating to do too if you because these people aren't reading the same language as you as well (laughs) you know yeah so yeah it just feels like it's more I guess it's like why do you wear a cross necklace like a crucifix you know maybe it's more like you just feel more protected to have a tangible thing in your hand I guess it's a very strange thing. So um, the last day that John was seen alive was the 16th of November um, when he asked the fisherman to drop him off alone. And um, he had written in his diary, which he had kept with him the entire time and documented everything. And he wrote that uh, he was scared. I'm scared watching the sunset and it's beautiful. Mm. And you, you guys might think I'm crazy and all this, but I think it's worth it to declare Jesus to these people. But I mean, I, I feel like, you know, it's like he's trying. He's trying so hard mm-hmm. and he wants this to happen so much. But at the same time, would they understand even like, how would you even explain like, look, I'm here. There was somebody who died <laughs> for your sins. I know, I guess. There, if there's a lot of sand, you could just draw it in the sand. I guess, but it's such a, it requires so much context in like what sin is and what is, you know, like how would you explain to people who don't live under those systems? For sure. Because it's like, if you like have to explain Christianity to people, it just sounds like crazy. Like, <laughs> like well... Some guy died and he could walk on water and make wine out of it, but he was killed and now we could do whatever we want as long as we take him as our savior. Right. Like the the North Senegalese would be like, yeah, I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think so. Yeah. I mean, and then you also have to explain your waterproof Bible. What the hell is that? (laughs) They've never seen that either, I'm sure. They've never seen that. They've never seen your beef jerky. (laughs) They're not following you. They've never met a marketer, you know? They don't know. The red flag was there when the fisherman said, hell no, we're dropping you off here. You have to walk the rest of the way. Yeah, we can't help you. But it's also like, I don't want to make it seem like like i don't want a victim blame. for sure it's not about that but it's also like isn't it possible that he would be introducing lots of diseases to the island um i think at some point they that the north central east became very suspicious of people uh there was a kidnapping of children and older people oh. from um outside at some years before and uh the older people died right away and the children were returned to the island but there may have been some devastating effects of that sure that made the people just not want any contact a hundred percent i mean shouldn't we respect these uncontacted people to let them be uncontacted like we don't necessarily have to force them into society if they don't want to be part of society like you know why are we sort of like somehow trying to make them be part of it and maybe it's more yeah the whole story is it's weird it is and again like you're right i don't want to victim blame but maybe it's more of a cautionary tale of being blinded by your passion (laughs) you know because john Mm -hmm. was like so passionate about doing this that he 
ignored a lot of the signs and sometimes it's just it's just a cautionary tale of that I think you know yeah there was an arrow shot at you there was an arrow shot at your bible yeah you know what's that mean come on if anybody shoots me with an arrow if anybody shoots me with anything I'm like okay cool I'm not going <laughs> yeah there. yeah and you know I'm not the smartest person in the world but if someone's like and I've been in relationships where the person was like Look, this is over, girl, you know? And sure, sometimes I didn't see the signs. But an arrow straight at me, yeah. You got to read the signs. Yeah. Mhm. Sorry, John. But I I also I also am an adventurer as well. Like I love traveling and I love the spirit of that. Like I love the idea of like going off and going to these places, you know, that are very mysterious and different. And, and so I get it. Like I do have like a long held fantasy that I'm going to go um, into like Borneo and get tattooed. <laughs> like there's sure. like, these like things of like, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to get on like a, one of those boats and you know <laughs> go get tattooed in a long house. Right. That's kind of right by monks and, or something. <laughs> Yeah, I have this like weird, like Southeast Asian fantasy of things that I'm going to do for my tattooing and all that stuff. And 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 so I guess it approaches that like I, I like the idea of this khaki paradise you can <laughs> kind of, you know, be like all terrain where all sorts of like bullfrog sunscreen <laughs> and um, just like go for it. So I admire him in a way. Yeah. But I'm also sad for him because I am like, this is so crazy and sad and weird. And, it is. And, and, and also, like, I understand that idea of, like, I want to be seen. For sure. Yeah. And then for his parents, too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my, so my father-in-law is a televangelist. Oh, wow. He's at, do you know Jimmy Swaggart? Yeah, of course. Yeah. He's at his church. So my father-in-law is on mm. TV every night. Wow. And yes, he's he, mega church, right? Jimmy Swaggart's mega church. Yeah. <laughs> so similar mentality there where, but he's very white America evangelical, you know, like, yeah, Trump supporter, you know, mm -hmm. totally thinks China started it, all kinds of stuff, right? Yeah. 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 And my Taiwanese family who are Christians when they met him they were so excited that uh he was excited they were Christians too you know mm. that they were just like kissing his butt and I'm like he is a different kind of Christian okay he is like Donald Trump Christian <laughs> yeah I'm just thinking about this like passion and need where I'm just like uncle and aunt you are different kinds of Christians. You go to you go to church because you have other Taiwanese people there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> He's like friends with the Falwells, that kind of Christian, you know? Yeah, that whole like group of people are so weird and like it, it's just that they're just trying to evade taxes. Yeah. I think it has to do with like the tax shelter that they don't have to pay any taxes on anything because it's religious organization. That's true. So, I didn't think about I that. Think yeah. I feel like that's what it's all motivated by and they've got to create a big show of it. So they love those like TV things. And it's just that the tele televised evangelism is, I think it's all sort of like based on tax evasion. That's my 
my thought. Yeah, and <laughs> and money based and money based yeah. for sure because a ton yeah. of money comes through. Ton of so money. much money comes through, and so much money like where they encourage you to tithe, where you give like ten percent of your income to the church, which is like. Mm-hmm. That's too much. Yeah. For people for who don't sure. pay taxes. Yeah. No, it's... you're getting like so much money then. Fuck that. <laughs> yeah, they all have big homes. We know that. They all have big yeah. homes. And bad so, taste. Bad taste. Oh my God. Really Just bad. And... Ugly. I so much prefer um, the adventuring lifestyle of uh, John Allen Chow of like, you know, even though I don't agree with all that, like I get it. Like I like, I like a good adventure i like a good um taking some dramamine again like going in the youth hostel and putting your pack (laughs) under your bed and you know sleeping under a mosquito net and all that stuff is like i get it you know it's like all right i get i get the adventure but i would leave the bible behind i like a guy who 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 does it for the sunset you know for the beautiful sunset He's not yes. collecting 10% of everyone's income, no. you know, no. and living in a ginormous house. You know? Yeah. So. so for Christian, as far as Christians go, I think he's he's one of the ones that I'd be like, OK, you're cool. It's cool. We're yeah. cool. <laughs> yeah. And so. Yeah. Rest in peace. Rest in peace, John Allen Chow. And uh, thank you so much, Atsuko, for joining us. Um where can people find you on the social medias? Or I, I really adore all of your Instagrams and enjoy everything. So let the people know. Margaret, I enjoy you. And people can find me at Otsko Comedy. Thanks for, you know, bringing light to the situation we're in right now, you know. And uh, it's always so great talking to you. So great. Thank you. Today we are highlighting the Justice for Ponzu GoFundMe. The funds will support the legal fight against the attackers and also to reform existing laws that will give additional rights to pet owners. We will link to the page in our show notes. If you want to support our show, subscribe, rate, review on Apple Podcast and spread the word. Reach out to me on Twitter with your thoughts at Margaret Cho or at Instagram at Margaret underscore Cho. The Margaret Show is produced by the Erios Network. Erios. Powered by ACAST. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.